Welcome to School Nutrition Dietitian. I'm your host, Dahlia Kinsey. I work with businesses and food service programs all over the country as a registered dietitian and school nutrition specialist to save operations time and money by maximizing employee productivity and happiness with inclusive wellness programs. Every week, I bring you tips, tricks, and inspiration from fellow professionals in school nutrition and related fields. This week, we have Whitney Bateson on the show. If you've ever felt totally mystified by marketing or just feel like there's absolutely no time for you to incorporate anything else into your schedule, make sure to listen to all of this episode. Whitney has developed a strategy for us to develop and roll out a marketing plan in just one afternoon. You don't want to miss this. School nutrition dietitian here on a mission to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside. Keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind. Now you're ready for your academics. Focus time to handle business. Breakfast, you don't want to miss it. Help your body to replenish. Clean food, clear mind. That is the vision. Tune in to the school nutrition dietitian. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this. This is one of the weak points, not just school nutrition, but probably nutrition across the board and public health is marketing because we see other companies and other organizations that want to promote things that aren't health promoting, do an awesome job at it. And then we come behind them (laughs) Right. So we're, like, we're just, no, don't listen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're not winning at this. So first, can you tell everybody a little bit about how you went from dietetics to this heavy focus on technology? Absolutely. So I started my career in school nutrition uh, as a dietitian in a school district and then started working for a management company supporting uh, us nationally. And a lot of my time, I was still in the nutrition department my entire career, but uh, a lot of what I did was starting to implement new technologies and a lot of marketing concepts, both internally to make sure Even as small as a training that I was doing for people, making sure that it looked good and it was delivered in an interesting way. We started developing e-courses and things back a couple years ago when it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. So I just found as a dietitian, we need these skills and we need to be able to reach people in just, you said, in as effectively as these other bigger corporations that are competing for the attention of our audiences. So I just saw that there was a need for it in the field, and it was something I was really passionate about. So I decided to blend my background of nutrition, along with this love and passion um, and skill set for marketing technology to start my business. So yeah, that's awesome. So for people who have no background in marketing, can you explain what the basic understanding of marketing is from someone who is focused on that all the time? What is it? How would you define it? I would basically define it as marketing is about connecting a solution to the need of your customers. That's kind of the the basis of it. And marketing is making sure that your customers know about that solution, that you've created that solution to exactly meet the problems that your customers have, and just continuing to deliver it to them in an effective way. So for people who are in nutrition all the time, it seems they're more trying to 
advertise or market a concept or a change in consciousness? Mm-hmm. What is the difference? So when we're doing nutrition ed and just thinking, oh, if we just keep on marketing healthy eating, essentially, right? what is the difference between that and what we need to be focusing on as a program when our mission is really related to getting our program to thrive? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is honestly one of the biggest challenges that I see for for school nutrition is that the nutrition department is a business when it comes to school nutrition. At the end of the day, we are, like you said, we're we're still trying to sell our our product to our customers, to students, parents, teachers. We are also supporting good health. That is definitely not it, it will never change. We always want to be supporting good nutrition and healthy behaviors. But in order for us to do that, we need to be running in the black. We can't be having a program where people are not participating. And so we're way past that misconception that students are a captive audience and that, of course, they're going to come. Even in CEP districts, we see that not everyone is going to be willing to come in and we see participation challenges and things that. So what happens as dietitians is we may be focusing a little bit more on the social marketing aspect. And social marketing is really about applying marketing concepts to change a behavior that is for the greater good or the individual. And so a lot of what I sometimes see in schools, and I know I did this as well, nutrition education, it is focusing on changing those healthy behaviors. But we also need to really make sure that when we're thinking about marketing, is that we're focusing on that commercial side of marketing where it's really selling a product. It's not selling a behavior. It's selling a product, which in school nutrition is our catering programs, our a la carte, our reimbursable meals, all of that. And I, as a bonus, since those items are healthier items, you can end up changing habits by focusing on the bottom line in your program. Yep. Absolutely. You're still going to get that benefit. And there's. it's not to say that you shouldn't have both in your marketing that you're doing in a district. You still want to obviously be promoting healthy behaviors and habits, but they should be supporting that broader business goal. And I would say too, that we we just want to make sure that that's a priority when we're, when we're doing marketing. Right. So I'm excited that you've come to us today with a clear strategy for how we can create a marketing plan in just an afternoon. So I think a lot of people don't get started because it seems overwhelming or it's difficult to focus. But you said marketing, the basic definition is you're trying to solve a problem. So that implies there's some focus right? And so structure. And I think in general, because social media is so easy to access, so maybe in the past, marketing to our students required more effort and maybe naturally more planning went into it. Whereas mm-hmm. now you can just throw, you know, something up on the Facebook page and say, oh, I marketed today. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't have a clear plan, then there's nothing for you to measure. And how do you get your effective? How do you get it's accomplishing anything? So what is the first thing we need to think of? Well, I would say first and foremost, you you mentioned we need to be thinking of marketers. And it starts with getting really clear on our customer and their needs and what messages are going to resonate with them and what problems we're solving for them, just you mentioned. Also performing research. So market research, talking with 
with our customers, with students, parents, looking at the competitors in the district. Where are the students going? I've started hearing that students are ordering Uber Eats and all those kinds of things to the school. So why are they doing that? Really digging in and looking at what's going on there. And then to your point, setting measurable goals and setting up repeatable systems as well so that our marketing can be done efficiently. And to your point about the social media piece, it does feel now, oh, anyone can market. It's super easy. You're just expected to post something on Instagram and done. It's it's so much easier than before. You don't have to worry about printing flyers and getting them distributed. And there still needs to be a lot of strategy that goes into it. And so there's, so I I did put together kind of what are five steps that you could take in an afternoon, Um, just coming at it, thinking about, okay, we do need to be thinking marketers and keep that in the back of your mind as we go through it. And I think the first step, and it's about that problem solving, it's establishing your business goals and your measures of success. And we learn this in school. We may not think that we learn marketing and and all of that as dietitians, but we know about setting smart objectives. They're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Well, you can use that same kind of structure for setting marketing objectives. And you want to be really drilling into what those goals are? What are those business problems that you have? Do you need to be driving participation in a specific age group? Maybe it's lunch specifically that you need to focus on. Is it specific schools? Is it a certain kind of customer? How much do you need to increase? And by when? And what has your prior performance been? And can you see any patterns or opportunities from from that? So that first step is really looking at the past and looking at what your goals are and and setting those. Now, if you feel you have so much that you want to accomplish or you need to reach the pre-K people and you also want to connect to high schoolers, are those separate plans that you need to develop? One goal or one problem per plan? I would definitely say to keep it focused. And one of the things I recommend too is to have a central theme or focus for a month or for a quarter and say, we're going to be focusing on lunch this quarter. One of the things that we need to remember is that we can't do everything. And we see so many great success stories out there. There's always webinars and news articles about this district launching this breakfast program or a food truck or something. And we kind of get caught up in thinking that we need to do all things all at once and that we need to be reaching the kindergarten and the parents and the teachers and the high schoolers all at the same time. So I would recommend having that laser focus and saying, okay, these are the customers that we need to reach for this plan. And maybe if you are focusing on lunch for a quarter, you can have a few different plans that are focusing on your different customers, but they should definitely be different plans because you're going to have different strategies and that actually brings me into the next step too, uh, which is really well uh, well planned, is giving thought to your, your customers and who you need to reach and what actions you need to take um, in order for them to achieve your goals. So after you've set those goals, really drill into those customers and thinking about understanding your customers a lot more. And I think we sometimes think that we understand our customers, but when we sit back, can you really describe the the challenges and barriers and fears and frustrations of your customers and 
Where are they getting their news and information? Where are they buying their meals during the school day? And basically putting yourself in their shoes and almost creating a picture in your head of a specific customer, that kindergartner or the parent of the kindergartner. Get a picture in your head of who they are, what they do, not just in relation to the meal program, but in general, and get get more ideas about what messages you can be using or what programs you need to come up with that are going to meet their needs. And how would you go about clarifying their needs? What steps can you take to kind of create that image for yourself? I think customer conversations are some of the best things. Sometimes we get bogged down thinking we need to do surveys and we know that sometimes no one responds to surveys and the questions uh, have to be closed ended and it's, it's hard to kind of come up with what those questions are. So just having some conversations with people and what I would recommend doing to make sure that those conversations are really substantive and useful is to go into them with some idea and hypothesis of what you think. So you have been looking at your kindergartners and you think that the parents are having a real problem with, they don't think the quality of your meals is good enough. So you don't want to come out and just start your conversation with, do you, do you think our meals are high quality or something like that? But know that that's what you're trying to get at and validate. And then you start back by just asking them a little bit more about their daily routine and how they typically plan their their meals for the week and what are some of the, the problems that they face and how do they currently decide what they're going to eat for lunch every day for their, their child. And then you slowly get into understanding, okay, the reason that they're not doing it is and not participating is not because they think it's a problem with quality. They don't even know where to find the menus online or something like that. So you do want to validate those hypotheses, but if you go into it kind of a science experiment and you want to test your your thoughts, that can really help a lot. So I, I personally think conversations are some of the easiest things you can do. You don't need to talk to a lot of people. It doesn't need to be a huge sample size. You just have some free-flowing conversations that can help a lot. Okay, awesome. That's yeah. doable. Yeah, right. So then I would say the next step, so step three, step one is establishing your goals. Step two is getting clear on your customers and what their needs are. And then step three is identifying one theme or promotion per month for three months, for example, to achieve your goals. Because as we're saying, this is supposed to be done in an afternoon. It is going to be a couple hours of deep thinking, but don't try and plan out the entire year. Just think of what's one kind of big idea you could do And maybe it's if students need more grab and go, how can you promote that in one month? Maybe you're going to release some new recipes or you're really going to promote your grab and go items in um, all of your different social media channels and within the schools and things that. So it doesn't have to be huge, but think of one thing for, for three months and that will kind of get you on your way. And then as you get more comfortable planning out these promotions, you can, in the future, plan out an entire year and see how everything kind of feeds into into itself. Mm. Now, do these same rules apply, let's say, if you're working with a program or maybe you work with multiple, you're a consultant and you basically want to make sure that your social media is funneling people toward bringing you more business. 
are these rules the same? Having, if you wanted to create your plan in an afternoon, do you need to think about your ideal customer that you're trying to reach and focus on themes for a month at a time? Or if you don't really have a team working on your social media part of your marketing mix, would you do it this way? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's how I do it for my business, actually. So each month for my social media planning, I do establish a theme or one hook that I want to talk about. And I identify a business goal. So is it more discovery calls? Is it more purchases of a certain package? And what is the product that I want to be promoting that month? And it doesn't mean that every single post and every message is about that product. One piece of advice that I got a while ago that was really helpful is you kind of want to do a value, value, value sale or sell. So you don't need to be giving value and not ever talking about your services, but you also don't want to be talking about your services nonstop and never giving any value to people. That's a big part of inbound marketing, which is a whole nother conversation. And But basically inbound marketing just very quickly is it's really about not being disruptive and it's it's getting people to come to you by giving them value and then you can sell to them uh, after you've given them some value. It's a beneficial relationship, whereas the sometimes outbound marketing is a little bit more disruption focused, like commercial on, on TV, for example. Okay. Um, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I'm seeing that shift, even as someone who doesn't really focus on marketing. So it's a little confusing when you have a physical product. When you're selling meals, it's hard for me to understand what other value we could offer that doesn't slip into social marketing again. So offering nutrition ads seems it could be that's a way to do content marketing, you would think, but it doesn't get us closer to our goal. So how do we balance between just constantly telling people this is what we have available and what is our other valuable thing that we could be posting about? I think when it comes to school nutrition, it can be about telling the story and telling the story of how you sourced your food, who are the people behind making the meals, highlighting students and what they are saying, customer testimonials, basically. So, and those are things that are not quite, you're not really talking about your product in that sense. You're kind of giving people information about the bigger picture of your department, the people within it and the people behind it, and also focusing on customers. But I agree with your point. I do think that's where we can also have the social marketing aspects in there. And I think for us in school nutrition, we're still providing value by talking about how to access our menus or what's the next thing that's going to be on the menu coming up or talking about a closure and this is the new schedule and this is when lunch is going to be served. So I think it's okay to be a little bit more informational and talk about our product a little bit more because I think that's going to be valuable, but definitely we can be giving health tips. We can talk about simple recipes and things that to mix in with the the posts about highlighting our food. I know years ago, people said, to balance talking about yourself with curating some posts. Is that even a thing anymore? Or has the, it's now clear that as long as you're offering value, you don't necessarily need to be shining a light on what someone else is doing for it to seem balanced. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. So talking about other people and not just yourself all the time. Yeah. Um, I think it can still be helpful also because frankly, creating uh, new content all the time ourselves is really tough. And so I think if it makes sense to be sharing others content and reposting content, especially again, when it comes to that social marketing, maybe there's something coming out from team nutrition or one of the dairy council or something that where it makes sense to reshare that. And it's showing that you're, you're pulling in other resources. But I, I think in school nutrition, personally, I would say, I don't know that you need to focus so much on, because I don't know how much our customers, because mostly our customers and followers are going to be people within our district. I don't know how much they'll necessarily focus on if we were to highlight another school district, for example. Right. Okay. So it's just going back to thinking about what, what messages, if you were in your customer's shoes, and a lot of us are probably our own customers. A lot of food service directors have families, they have children going to public school, participating in meals. So think about what would you want to be seeing from the school nutrition department and, and go about it that way too. Okay. That really clarifies some things. Excellent. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would say after you've identified that theme or promotion, the big step that can sometimes feel very overwhelming is to identify the communication channels and key messages that you're going to be putting out. And we kind of already touched on this. So I would identify some of those things. So if you are going to be talking about grab and go meals and that your high school students are really short on time and they really want to be spending as much time as possible with their friends during lunch, then the messaging shouldn't be about how well balanced and healthy the meals are. The messaging should be about how quick they are to get, how they're going to have more time with their friends now during lunch, that you're serving in a new location. If they did have any complaints about the quality or the variety, maybe you highlight that. And then think about all of the channels that can be reaching your customers. We do focus so much on social media, but there are other pieces out there. Again, it's going to depend on your customer, but email, digital, digital, um, digital signage, newsletters, PA announcements, flyers and banners around the school. If you have online menus or even printed menus, is there an opportunity to be uh, promoting your messages there? And keep those few key points and keep using them across all of your channels throughout the month. So it's okay in marketing to be repeating yourself, saying it a little bit differently, but we all know that consistency is actually going to be better. The old adage that we all hear probably is, oh, you need to try a food 10 times before you can decide if you get it or not. Well, for I don't know what the number the magic number is, but I would say that our customers need to hear a message and see a message quite a few times before it's actually going to resonate with them. We know how quickly social media feeds move and messages get dropped down in the feed or it's just glossed over. So it's the same kind of thing. Don't feel bad about talking about breakfast sandwiches three times in a month. Because it's possible that the message didn't get through and you need to keep kind of honing in on it. Well, I was going to ask, how how do you gauge how much is too much? So you're talking over the course of the month. I was Because I do see some outlets, not necessarily in school nutrition, but you just keep on seeing the same thing in a day. 
Is that Mm. excessive? I would probably say, think about again, what your customer wants to see. And that could be probably a little much. You do want to be changing up a little bit and don't try and gain the system either by posting multiple times of the same thing to continue the algorithms. Granted, we can never really fully understand them, but they're they're going to know some of those things too. So Yeah. And I would hate for things to be suppressed any more than they probably already are. That's a whole nother issue. Not knowing how often your followers see what you posted, but that's that's too much. That's for another day. Right. right, right. What's our last step? If you love the show, please check out www.patreon.com slash Dahlia Kinsey. I've developed several options for you to support the show. I'm most excited about the all access school nutrition patron option. This VIP option gives you exclusive access to monthly social media tutorials so that you can master digital visibility and staying connected to people no matter the distance between you now and into the future. And after three months of membership, you'll be eligible for an exclusive thank you gift. That's www.patreon.com slash D-A-L-I-A-K-I-N-S-E-Y. Don't worry, there will be links in the show notes. All right, let's get back to the show. So our last step is all about taking action. So establishing project plans for carrying out your month's worth of marketing. So identify the roles of who's going to be involved, the specific timelines, any tools you're going to use, any uh, budget items that you need to bring in, any other resources that you can pull in. Maybe you're going to have an intern in two months. So that might be a good time to have a bigger promotion that needs a little bit more backup and support, or maybe there's some vendors, some of your food vendors, or uh, a lot of these large organizations, I mentioned the Dairy Council, or even resources from the School Nutrition uh, Association, they, for the different promotions that they have to support you. So make sure that you're keeping that big picture in mind, and then slot in your project plan, how you're going to pull in those resources to move forward. And I would just make sure that you also think about how you're going to roll out the marketing to your teams, because that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I hear as well as a big barrier is getting the team buy-in. And we know that our people who are behind the line, serving the students day in and day out, they're the face of the program. They're really what our success hinges upon. And they want to be doing a good job too. And so in order to do that, we need to give them the tools and the information. So let them know what the marketing plan is, why they're doing it. Let them in on, hey, this month or this quarter, we really want to be increasing our lunch by X number. And here's what we come up with. We come up with these great tools to help us all do it. We're going to be sharing the results so that we're getting, getting the results that we're looking for. And make sure that you have that transparency and just give them the tools so that they can be successful. Everyone, a lot of people, I guess I shouldn't say everyone, but inherently, most people want to be doing the right thing and doing a good job. And it's just a matter of letting them know what that thing is and how how they can use the tools that you're providing in order to do that. I think it's definitely true that motivation when it comes to work is linked to feeling you're accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Humans seem to, to know that progress is being made. So right. 
money is that's just a given. You expect to be paid when you go to work, but it doesn't affect how motivated or how happy you are to be there. You really need to feel a sense of momentum and progress. So I think that makes a lot of sense, letting them know what the mission is, but then also circling back around and letting them know how well we did as a team that that month or that quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've heard if it's just a matter of, we're, oh, here's some signs that you need to put up in the cafe on the serving line and they don't even know why they're doing it and they're never going to be told if it achieved anything, then it's kind of, well, why, why am I doing this? And what's the point? Yeah. So um, giving them some more background is, is really useful. And one other thing I'll just say, because it made me think of um, the signage piece, when it comes to marketing too, I think we also sometimes get stuck into uh, confusing merchandising with marketing. And it is great to be decorating the serving line and putting up PIDs and signage and all of that. But if we spend all of our time focusing on the serving area, we may miss the students who are never coming to the cafeteria or coming to the serving line at all. And we really need to be bringing in that foot traffic and talking to all of those different customers that are never going to see the serving line, parents and teachers and things like right. that. And at the end of the day, it's about marketing our food and showing people our our great food. So uh, just keep that in mind, too. I think there are a lot of great promotions and tools out there, but they need to be the right fit and they need to be achieving that goal that we want and kind of pulling more people into the, the dining area. Now, the tricky thing this year is going to be that we don't know when students yeah. will be back in the dining area. So then it'll be more merchandising is kind of right. It's out the window right it's now. Out the window for now. Yeah. So we've mm-hmm. been really wondering what service is going to look, but we're pretty sure it's going to involve service in the halls, the classroom, and possibly still deliveries to sites or a drive through mm-hmm. at the school at the beginning of the year. We're not even totally sure that anyone will be in the classrooms at the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. then being aware that your marketing has to reach people who never come into the cafeteria is going to yeah. be more relevant than ever. Have you yep. started kind of spitballing strategies with some of your clients about how to deal with the additional challenge of not even necessarily being the convenient choice always before we didn't really have a captured audience, but at least we were probably the easiest or most convenient choice now. Right. Now they can drive to the fast food restaurant or they can drive to the the meal location. And so they do have a, they really have a choice now. And the, yeah, the convenience you said is out the window and sometimes the cost is out the window too, uh, especially if some of these places, these competitors are providing meals for free at a, or a lower cost. And so I think it, it comes back to, it's very complex situation. I think thinking through what are the, the key issues in the community and what are going to be the, the challenges that are facing parents and the people that are making the decisions about where they're going to get meals and thinking about how to reach them and let them know those specific messages, whether uh, it's a quality thing or a cost thing or a safety thing. But I think it still always goes back to, at least to some extent, to make sure that people know that the food is still fresh, that it's still flavorful, that it's still high quality, that it's a balanced meal. 
It's going to ensure that their kids are well fed throughout uh, everything else that's going on. I think those are our critical fundamentals, basically, that we, we can't forget about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so this is awesome. This I really feel it's doable that you could actually do this in an afternoon. It feels a little, it's a little much, but it's just all mental work. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an intense afternoon. But if you kind of just say, okay, and I would collect all of your, your data points, collect any sales data, any ideas, if you had the file of different promotions that you've seen other people do, or you have a social media um, library of tagged posts of ideas, pull it all together and just kind of get in the mindset of your customers and just jot your ideas ideas down. And I think when you get into it, you can kind of get rolling and don't, yeah. don't get stressed if you don't have all the answers. <laughs> it's something you can come back to as well. Now, if you feel you can come up with some of the plan, but you really need somebody to help you. If someone's yeah. deciding to outsource this or work with a consultant or a digital strategy company like yours, then do they not have to do anything or what do you need to do to be successful, even if you're working with someone else? That's a great question. So when I talk with clients, I always want to know who are your target customers, who are your competitors, what have you been doing that's working? What have you been doing that isn't working? So even those basic things can be really helpful because I don't know your customers as well as your customers. And I can't necessarily read your mind necessarily. And what are your goals and what are the challenges that you've been having? So I think it's really critical to have those basics in place. And I right. would say too, depending on where, say for example, you come up with the plan, but you need help with graphic design, or you need someone to help with some strategy, identifying what the goals are that you're trying to achieve is, oh, yeah. and how you're going to measure um, success and any kinds of inspiration that you have. So mm -hmm. it's so important, especially when working with a graphic designer, if, if you're wanting to rebrand something, to give them some examples of inspiration and, and other ideas and, and brands that you. So there is still some work on your side to bring those, those initial thoughts and ideas to the table in order to collaborate. But coming with a plan is going to be that much better because, or at least some kind of plan. It doesn't have to yes, be a fully yes. fleshed out plan. But that thinking um, that we just went through all those steps, even jotting all of your ideas down is going to just make the conversation so much more fruitful and more efficient as well. Right. I mean, that makes sense. And when we even think about other areas in life where you hire a professional to come in and help you do something that maybe you could do not very well. Painting the house is a perfect example to me because when I got my first house, I thought, oh, it's so simple. I don't know why people hire this out until I started trying to do it. And I'm like, this is a nightmare. This is why people specialize and this is a specialist. But at the same time, you don't just call the painter and leave. <laughs> You, <laughs> you have to actually tell them what your vision is and what you want to be done. But it's funny when it comes to digital work, a lot of times, yeah, we just call the professional and then we try and leave. Yes. So doesn't work. <laughs> right. And I'll say even on a small level too, I think getting more dietetic students and dietetic interns involved in school nutrition 
is so critical in making sure that the profession continues to grow and that more people, even if the interns or students decide not to go into school nutrition, they have an understanding of what it really is and can promote it as they continue to move through the field. And so having these plans together can also make you a better manager of any volunteers that come in as well and give them that direction. Because if you've outlined, hey, I need a 16 social media captions put together for the month. And here's what we've done in the past. Here's the messages that we really, here's some example posts that, that we'd like to emulate. That's just going to, as opposed to having an intern come in, which is probably what's going to happen and just say, we need social media for the month and just kind of completely say, you figure it out better than I do anyway. Yeah, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not going to be fun for them. You may not have the best result and it's just going to not be as if efficient use of time. Maybe you could get two months done instead of one month if you were to give them a little bit more direction. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Now, it's looking at Instagram these days. These have turned into full blog posts. Do we need to feel compelled to follow the trends when we see that a platform is being used differently from what we thought it was? Or is one sentence still fine? (laughs) I think it depends on what your customers are looking to get from you. And I don't know that in a school nutrition department sense, your followers are really looking for blog post links. They probably just want to know what food you're serving and basic things that I, unless yeah. you're really putting out something that's a, a nutrition education piece or something that. So I wouldn't necessarily feel that you have to go overboard in that regard, but definitely look at your competitors and don't just look at your competitors, look at what's being successful with your competitors, because mm. we can look at someone's feed and see, oh, wow, they've done all of these really long form posts, but what's the engagement level on them. So, and not just, but actually comments and people that have been commenting on the post. So I would recommend uh, just looking at that. And again, it goes back to what are your customers expecting from you and what are they engaging with, with other similar competitors? I know it can be tough in school nutrition to think truly what are our competitors, but you can be thinking about even the, the school district district itself? Is their social media channel doing well or other local organizations within the community that are really doing well with engagement, as well as, of course, any local food vendors or establishments where students may be using those as well? Excellent. So what is one little last tidbit you want to leave with everybody? I know you had some tools and resources that you wanted to share. Yeah, so I will have um, some downloads for for people to get started. I do have a template for um, a marketing project planner, as well as a sample social media planner as well, because I think that planning is really important. I used to not plan my social media posts just in my own business because I just mm-hmm. didn't have the time. And But now that I plan, it makes it so much better and less stressful. And so I would say my my two tips and takeaways aside from those tools is to schedule your your content. And I use Later, but there's also Hootsuite, Plan. Those are other apps for scheduling your social media. And that way you can build it all in advance, a month or two in advance, and then have it scheduled to go out. And that allows you to 
turn your focus on other things. And same as you sitting down in an afternoon to do this, you can sit down in an afternoon and write out all of your social media instead of having to do it every day or every week. And then similarly in that vein, as you put together your social media or whatever your posts, you reuse your content and use it on multiple platforms. And so the planner that I'll be sharing has all of the different channels all in one spot. So as you're looking, what are you putting on uh, Instagram? What are you putting on Twitter and Facebook? And what are you putting on your website and your digital signage for that week? And any PA announcements, any emails that are going out? Just reuse the content and put it, uh, You, of course, massage it to fit the platform and fit, fit the audience and things like that. But it's really a great idea to stay focused and reuse those messages, especially it can sometimes be tough coming up with a caption for an Instagram post. But that caption can also be really great to be used as a blurb on your website or in the newsletter that you're putting out. So make sure that you are reusing and repurposing the hard work that you're putting together as much as possible. Hmm. Now, I've been looking for a place where I could do the engagement without actually logging in. So I know you can do that on Hootsuite. So you can respond to comments and you can do everything you want to do without logging in just because social media has been a very exhausting place for the last couple of weeks. So is there something aside from Hootsuite that does that part of it? Because I have memberships or I have the premium level of other platforms where I can do the scheduling. But in the past, I wanted to go straight on the app to do the engaging. So basically, I'm saying I don't want to pay for both. So Hootsuite is a paid service after you add a certain number of accounts. Have you seen anybody else who has as good of a setup as Hootsuite when it comes to the engagement piece? I've seen that later just added DM messaging, which could be useful. I don't, I don't know if they have added the ability to respond to comments as well. And I am not as familiar. I would have to check on that. But I agree. If you can find a platform that allows you to not have to log in necessarily, but do the engagement. And, and it brings up a good point. Engagement is really so much of the the piece of social media. It's called social for a right. reason. You've probably heard that before. So making sure that you're not just posting and that you are engaging as well. But yeah, I don't know of any off the top of my head. But I'm going to have to keep looking around. Surely people are going to realize that's a major need. But it's interesting. A lot of the platforms seem to prefer native engagement, meaning they want you to log in. They mm-hmm. want you to physically be there, especially if it's a platform where advertising is part of how they make money. They don't want you to use it and never see an ad. But at the same time, it just. Yeah, it makes I need sense. I need for somebody to create that option, even if it's just temporarily. Now, I have seen Facebook has a section now. Uh, I want to call it business manager, but that's probably not what it is. But there is a area that they've set up where it's pretty easy for you to respond to everything on your page without really falling in and getting distracted and going all over the place, which is what usually happens 
and mm-hmm. to me when I log in. How do you recommend people set up their time limits around this sort of thing? Let's say you love social media outside of work and that when you go on there to do work, you're going to want to see what all the districts are doing and you're going to be there for an hour. How do you stop that from happening? I definitely <laughs> agree. for friends. Right. I I have um, time limits on all of my social platforms on my phone. And I actually schedule uh, time and it shifts just in my business. I'm kind of deciding I play with different things, but I will schedule 30 minutes on my calendar. Maybe it's uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or once a day uh, to just go in specifically to engage with accounts, respond to comments, look to see and maybe you need an hour, but maybe 30 minutes is fine, especially if you do it every day, you can go to your different platforms where you, you need to go. And it's the same way the four hour work week book, Tim Ferriss talks about only checking your email at the beginning of the day at the end of the day. And I, I am definitely a firm believer in that. And I think it's really the same when it comes to social media, you don't need to be I've turned off all the notifications on them. I don't get notified when people post and things that I go in and look to see what's been happening and it's focused time to do just that. And then once the timer goes off, I'm out. (laughs) Okay. That's really helpful. I I need to, I need to take that tip to heart. So where can we find you online? I'm going to include all the cool tools you've created for listeners today in the show notes. But where is the best place to interact with you when it comes to social media? Where are you usually? I'm definitely on Instagram probably most of the time at Whitney Bateson. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, My business page is at Whitney Digital. And but you can find me Whitney Bateson on Facebook and on Twitter as well, though I definitely do not spend very much time there. And then, of course, my website, if you'd like to learn more about me or send me a message um, or connect with me in any way. And that's just WhitneyBateson.com. Try to keep it simple. (laughs) Exactly. And that's actually a good tip. Like you try and get your same handle everywhere. So it's easy for people to find you. But then some sites have different character limits. You can't always do it. So I wanted to be School Nutrition RD on Twitter also, but it was too many letters. So it's just Dahlia Kenzie RD. And I'm hardly on Twitter anyway. It never really resonated with me, but I do love it at conferences. People usually use it really well at conferences and you follow the conference hashtag and you can actually have conversations and meet people. So that's the only reason why I keep it open. I don't actually use it for any other reason. Is there a reason why you're not as active on Twitter? Just because it, it's definitely similar to what you were saying. It it didn't really resonate with me a whole lot. It seems you need to be posting almost more frequently on it. Yeah. And I just know for my mainly served dietitians, and there are so many dietitians on Instagram, but I am looking into exploring Twitter again and getting more familiar with it. And one of the other things that is a good piece of advice for anyone, I think, is that don't feel you have to master all platforms all at once, is get started in one, feel your way around it, get a system in place, and then maybe start exploring others. So I'm trying to explore a little bit more of LinkedIn and Twitter at this point, now that uh, my yeah. Instagram and Facebook are, are running a little bit more. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea. I've, I've heard different advice as far as how you pick your best area. 
Some people say you need to focus where you enjoy being and others say, and I think this makes more sense. You need to be where your customers are. So that makes a lot more sense. So thank you everybody for joining us this week. Remember that you can subscribe. New episodes are up every Thursday. If you have any questions, reach out to us on social media and we would love to answer them. Great. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you found that as useful as I did. Check out the tools that Whitney has created for us so that you can get started on the action items she gave us today. Making meaningful progress in one sitting sounds pretty incredible to me. Even though things are going to be very different this year, reaching our students and our parents with the message that our meals are valuable and worth whatever additional effort it takes to get school meals now that students won't be walking through the line in the cafeteria at the start of the year, it's more important than ever to clearly communicate our value. As always, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on social media. That's at School Nutrition RD on Instagram and on Facebook. And Dalia. Kinsey on LinkedIn. Have you subscribed to the mailing list yet? You don't have to lift a finger to make sure new episodes are delivered straight to your inbox. It's absolutely free and you can find the link to join the mailing list on my website at www.schoolnutritionrd.com. Okay, see you next week.